This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our hosts and our guests is one thing. It's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get rolling. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Another show of Get a Load of This Trucking Podcast. As always, I am your host, Cameron Pishy, owner of Valley Trucking Insurance. That's who drives this podcast. With me today, I've got special co-host, Mr. Thomas Comstock. He's uh, one of the agents that works for me and deals with trucking and transportation insurance. Thomas, what's happening? Oh, same shit, different day, buddy. Always, man. Well, it's welcome. Weather's turning. All of a sudden, there's going to be snow on the ground soon. Oh, don't say that, man. I know. Don't say I know. That, At least it's pretty <laughs> when it first starts to fall, but man, after a month, I'm ready for it to be gone. I know. I question it. It's like, man, I need to move somewhere warm. But then I go somewhere warm and it's always humid when it's not in the Pacific mm. Northwest. So then I die and I'm like sweat. <laughs> I get off the airplane. I'm like, I can't handle it anymore. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never move back down south again. Bro. That was way too humid it's, for me. It's pretty good down here in the Tri-Cities, man. We, we get up over 100 degrees, you know, in the summertime. It's usually sunny from April through October, sometimes into November. And it's I've uh, got a lot of a banana yeah. belt down here so they you know you don't really get bad winters in this section no. unfortunately my driving do, just doesn't up, stick to this area <laughs> yeah and if i want to go golf or something in the winter time a lot of times i gotta i gotta go down there but i got clients and stuff and and actually for those that don't know that who's popping in i've got an awesome guest with us today i'm excited to get him in here he's a He's a truck company owner uh, that I've known and I work with now, um, Justin Robbins. Justin, how you doing, man? Introduce yourself. Let the folks know what trucking company you uh, started and and why you got into it and a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Justin Robbins. Started my company, Three Peaks Logistics, LLC. Uh, just kind of decided to go on my own. When I first got my CDL, uh, my plan was I, I moved furniture for 10 years and climbed the ladder, became head crew leader at two or three different companies and was, you know, where do I go from here? CDL was the clear answer, you know, and I'd talk to the drivers that drove around the nation and it's like, okay, you know, that, that, that'll probably be my end game planned on owning my own truck and going over the road. And then I uh, had my first kid, got my CDL and said, what am I doing moving furniture? I'm done with this. (laughs) went off and started doing port containers and first year doing that, man, I made 96 grand. That was, uh, that was the first year I've ever made good money. Kind of. And you, uh, and, and you went to college for that and stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I mean, for the folks that don't know, I mean, there's a reason people get into trucking and there's a reason this industry is amazing. And I think like that right there, man, it's like, Man, I see these people doing it. I'm hauling furniture and busting my back. And I seen you guys hauling furniture. That shit looks terrible. And it's like, this dude's driving the truck. I need to do what this dude does, you know? Exactly. How was the process to get the CDL? You know, for us, we're usually uh, talking to established folks and we haven't 
put or shed a ton of light on the process to get the CDL, start your own company. I'd love to explore a little bit of that and how you kind of figured it out. Some folks think they need to pay for help or get mentorship or have companies pay for their CDL. Then you end up working for them or some go on their own. Let's let's chat about that, bud. What what led you the route you went? Let's talk about some of that. So during the time that I moved furniture, I, I explored many routes. Obviously, the first route is just ponying up the monies. Before I got my CDL back in the day, you know, you used to just ride around the block with your company and they would uh, they would tell them that you got enough hours and get the CDL so you could start driving for them. But uh, then they started the requirement that you had to go and get the schooling and whatnot. And so I started exploring my options. First option, you know, hey, pony up six grand. But someone like me, I was making 27 grand a year. That was like a far distance dream. And uh I met my wife and we were both making about the 26 grand mark a year. And uh, I started exploring a program called Workforce Investment Act. And uh, then I, I, I looked into that a little bit. I looked into SWIFT, which <laughs> we all know how they do. Um, and yeah, I, Swift I, like actually, I don't ever see I never see bad news about Swift ever, man. Never. <laughs> Always hear great don't things. Get me by wrong. Uh, I'm no. a people person. When I'm out on the road, I'll talk to people, and I've met some really good Swift drivers. Oh, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, I've I've met far more bad drivers. <laughs> yeah, and, nah, and they're it's a good organization. They got it figured out, and they move weight. I mean, they're, they, oh yeah, their tonnage, their tonnage, and the loads, and like what they uh, contribute to moving America around. I mean, it's phenomenal. So I, I never, you know, I don't ever dog on them. It's just funny because you see the memes and you see the different things pop up and the the, just, the acronyms yep. that people have assigned to Swift, which we won't go into. But <laughs> like anyway. Uh, moving past Swift. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I actually got turned down by Swift because, uh, as I was telling you before I came on the podcast, I come from a, a, a pretty rough background, man. I had a rough childhood, and I got in some trouble in my my, my teens and my early 20s. And, and uh, basically, to be quite honest, I got in trouble for selling marijuana before it was legal in the state. So I got in trouble for it. You know, had I waited 10 years, I'd have been an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, you probably, and so you I wouldn't was, be you wouldn't be trucking anymore. You'd be, you'd be a I, millionaire. I, I would still call him an entrepreneur. I mean, it's just not you know legit. He was an entrepreneur. <laughs> he was. was. But uh, anyway, and so when that, when so that happened, it put, it down. oh yeah. So when that happened, it put a huge weight on my shoulders. I had to I had to you know get past the fines, and that had to get far enough in my past where they seen okay, he's past that lifestyle. And uh, when Swift seen it, because I'm, I'm a high school dropout, don't have my GED, and uh, I could have went back and got it, but everybody told me you can't you can't succeed without that. And I'm a hard headed type of guy. If someone tells me I can't, I'm going to find a way to do it. And yeah, I, uh, I I seen that path when I started moving furniture. That if I got my CDL, it's so in demand that it was my way. As like, if I get my CDL, nobody could tell me nothing. I always have a job. It's in such high demand. And uh, once once Swift turned me down, I was like, man, am I am I going to be able to do this? Is my record ever going to get far enough behind for me? And as the years went by, scraped, paid everything off. And uh, I noticed the WIA, the Workforce Investment Act program through uh, WorkSource, which is an unemployment uh, low-income mm-hmm. program. And yeah. I went into there and I applied for it. And uh, this was in Kitsap County at the time. And they said, well, 
will pay this percentage of school, and it can be anything. They'll, you know, welding. It's a certain percentage of schooling that they'll pay. And, um, and I'm guessing trade schooling is, is what exactly. Right? Yeah. It, it, you've <laughs> got to be applying for a position that's in higher demand than the one you're currently in, or you yeah. have to have been on unemployment at some time within the last two years. And in the moving business, no matter how high you are on that list in the wintertime, you're collecting at least a week or two of unemployment because it, it slows down so much. Okay. And, uh, at the time, Kitsap County's population only accounted for about, I think it was $2,200 of the six grand I needed for truck driving school. So I was like, well, I ain't got the four grand, you know, uh, barely scraping by paying my bills. So kept going, kept going. Then eventually, me and my wife were able to buy our first house out in Lake Bay, Washington. And it's just across, it's literally just across the border from Kitsap County into Pierce County. My wife's like, you know, you should go check out Pierce County's WIA program to see what they paid. So I did come to find out <laughs> because there's so much more population there. Uh, they ended up paying for all of my CDL school. So as soon as they oh, said that you nice. qualify for that, I, I was running. Found uh, oh, a, a great a great school down in uh, the uh, Port of Tacoma area um, and uh, went to that school, got my CDL, and... I remember, I remember walking in, and, and Dave was the guy's name that owns it. God, I need to remember the name of the school. Now I'm on the podcast. I'm going to brain fart it. It's all but good. the first first thing he said when he looked at my record was, "You know, I, I can get your CDL, but I don't think you're going to get a job." I said, "Don't worry about that. I already got a job waiting. I'm a mover, man. They'll, they'll hire anybody." <laughs> and so, got my CDL through them, and uh, like I said, the first first month and a half of having it, I was like, why am I moving furniture still? And uh, my buddy I met in CDL school had had gotten a job for a outfit doing port containers. And he's like, hey, man, the money's this good over here. And I went over and did that. And from there, man, it's just been feet on the ground running. Dude, and, uh, that is, uh, and I knew I was excited to get you on this podcast, but now this is awesome because I think that this story can resonate with a lot, I think. And I hope, mm-hmm. I know that this can be an inspiration to a lot of folks that think, Hey, you know, maybe I made some bad choices or like the, dude, the thing that like, Hey, I didn't graduate or I don't have a GED. That's a real thing. That's like a real weight that people think like, oh, I can't do it now because society had placed this uh, so much emphasis on, <laughs> if you don't have this, I can't be successful. Right. And, and, and unfortunately people get in that mindset of like staying down and not thinking that their self-worth is enough to get them there. But I hope, and with the resources and the technology and libraries and books and like YouTube and the amount of stuff that's out there, anybody can do anything. I mean, there, there's some things they can't do, but like, I mean, you can learn a craft and spend a the lot of time perfecting there. it and get a job or start your own business or yep. find an investor to start a business with. I mean, whatever, man, that, that gets me pumped up, man. Mm-hmm. I, uh, fucking badass, Justin. That's awesome. So, and, and you're right, man. And, and I can't tell you cause I don't got the numbers in front of me, but you look at how many of our youth, you know, or they get into that state of mind and they commit suicide cause they think, Hey, you know, I'm not doing good in school. College is the only way. And we got this, this mentality of, Hey, you need to school is the way to go. It's the only way to go. And I remember back in the day, if you got in trouble, you went to the military. I tried going to the military when I was at my lowest, like, hey, I want to turn my shit around. 
and even they said, <laughs> we can't do nothing for you, man. You, we can waive your, 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 uh, if you have your GED, we could give you a waiver for that, or we can give you a waiver for your criminal record. We can't waive both. And I was like, man, back in the day, if people were in this that's, position, that's they were forced you, to go into the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Thomas was in the branch of the military and I always thank Thomas for doing that. Thank um, you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's a, it's a funny thing though, like, uh, Definitely, you know, being raised in, in my generation, I'm 38 years old, so my parents are all the the college, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, you know, there's no other option. And uh, I didn't want to do that. I'm hard headed too. So I wanted to figure out my own way. So Lord knows I fucked that up. So I had to go into the military. And then uh, I got out of that and I couldn't get hired because I was overqualified for other jobs that my skills for air traffic weren't transferable, really. So then I had to go back to school. And then I graduate and then I'm thinking, well, why the hell did I do this? I don't I don't have anything that really benefits me from having that piece of paper. Sure, I maybe can talk better, but I had those skills already. You know, it would have been developed through a professional course of any OJT I would have taken. And I could have been more su- successful earlier on had I just, you know, put my head down and done it. So like people like you, Justin, who have that, that gumption to really just go out there and like get it done. Man, it's fucking awesome. Like, I hope more people can like really like Cameron said, if I can be inspired by this and, and get going on their own dreams. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, no. and he said, Hey, first year out. I mean, and, and Justin had mentioned this, like man, straight regs to riches, like tr- in, in the truest sense in the truest like form of like, man, I went from $26,000 a year. And, and that's like, I grew up, you know, single wide trailer. I grew up with a mom, single mom with like multiple, like I know what that life is like. And then boom, you go to trucking, you get your CDL, you persevere through all those different things. You're resourceful. That's the thing I heard there is like, man, how resourceful can I be with what's available to me? And you found a way. And then you made 96K the first yeah. year. Bro. Yeah, I went out. I went out. First <laughs> thing I did was bought a brand new uh, Ram diesel truck and travel trailer. <laughs> Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> yes, you did, sir. Yeah. That shit was gone within the first year and a half of owning it. Until I realized this ain't the way. <laughs> nah, now you gotta go. Now you gotta be smart. But nah, you just get back on the road. You just go run a couple more routes, man. I'll make some more money. Exactly. It'll so, get replaced. It comes and goes. When I was doing the port containers, it was good money. Uh, and unfortunately, and that's where that's where I met Derek, the guy I was telling you that referred yeah. me to you for the insurance. And uh, I got to give a big shout out to Derek because he's the one that really helped me get forward with buying my own truck and starting, excuse me, starting my company because he had already done it. And so he knew all the ins and outs. He, he held my hand through the whole process. I was lucky enough to have him. Um, when that when that company, that port container company, they had a couple drivers that got in some accidents and their, their score was so low, he decided to shut his doors. He ended up opening them a couple months later. But uh, when that happened, I went and I got a job at uh, Food Services of America. It was a union job. And yeah. I'd never worked in the union before. Ended up being a beautiful thing. If, if anybody ever gets a chance as a driver to work for the union, I, I can't say nothing bad about it. Their medical's almost second to none. You know, when you build a pension, you know, you can't go wrong with that. And a lot of the people on this side of the mountains, eh, it pays all right. But on that side of the mountains pays insane and for the listeners across the country it's like um uh you got the i-5 corridor they pretty much control the boats and there's all the money and then you got the rest of us that like just <laughs> and farm that's, and, 
Yeah, like live in the farmland and like do all you know the the hard work, right? That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the truth. Yeah. So, so for, FSA, for those that don't know, FSA, yeah. I was delivering food. I was driving ten percent of the time and, and doing hard labor ninety percent. So there, yeah. it was more uh, unloading food cases to restaurants, prisons, retirement homes, bars, yeah. you name it. And, uh, food Services of America was a great company from from the owner down to the lowest employee. Great company. The U.S. Foods bought us out, and uh, <laughs> they bought us because we were running circles around them, and and. I can't say the same for U.S. Foods. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, man. It, and it motivated you. Now let's, uh, well, real quick, and it's funny because a lot of the guests that we get on are either uh, summer truck drivers, summer retired truck drivers now turned entrepreneur and come up with a solution to help the trucking industry. Or some have never actually been in a truck, but we always ask, it's like, you know, what's your CB handle? And then obviously hmm. you drive a truck, so I know you got one. And, you know, what's your CB handle on the road? Actually, I don't have a CB. I have no oh, need shit. for one. Okay, no. we gotta get, you're going to have to get one then at some point, man. What's a nickname <laughs> that you've been told then uh, growing up? Like, What was the one that stuck with you? If I was going to have a CB handle, it would probably be Big J-Rob. There we go. My first like my it. first initial, my first, that's, you know, that's always the nickname if I'm doing my little, you know, online sites and stuff like that. But it's oh. just because I got that hefty trucker gut, so I'm big. And then, you know, J-Rob for Justin Robbins. <laughs> All right. Let's go. But I, I don't plan on ever owning the CV, Fair man, enough. with today's technology. I mean, yeah, come on, man. We got to go back, bring it back. What do you uh, listen to when you're on the road? What kind of music? When I'm on, to be honest with you, man, I'm either on the phone with a fellow truck driver or okay. uh, I'm dead silent. Which is, a, which is basically like a CB, though. You know that, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's why I don't need a CB. I know. I know. So you get in the mountains and you don't got service, you know. Well, I, Pandora. I mean, Pandora has there all the uh, off, the, off air all stations. All the podcasts and stuff. you want to listen to. Exactly. I actually uh, plan on listening Pandora. to a bunch of your guys' podcasts. Books on tape. Uh, that's a yeah. good thing. I was going to mention that for all these drivers that – that get yep. sleepy when they're out there. Uh, and even, I know this is going to sound stupid, but Netflix, uh, my buddy turned me on to that when we were doing pork containers because I had a problem. We called it the uh, Twilight Zone from about milepost 46 down to Vancouver where there isn't a lot of towns. I was like, man, I always, because we were starting at midnight, one o'clock, I always get sleepy. He goes, man, well, let, turn on Netflix. I go, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do to be a safer driver I'm going to watch movies. He goes, no, man, that's, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. He goes, turn it on. You get into a series at home or something, you get to know the characters, and it's just like a book on tape, you know. You put your phone off to the side, and you just listen to it. And, and as yeah. you drive, it, it's just the same as listening to a book on tape. Yep. And uh, it actually um, helped me. You know, I remember, with, I think it was the show, it was Californication. Just something I could yeah. find that had a lot of Good seasons. Job. And I, yep. I would just listen to it while my, you know, phone was sitting over there on the side. And... uh it, it helped me stay awake. <laughs> nice. but, hey, I would I recommend rewatching the show though, because there's lots of visual stuff in that one. That's a lot of fun too. <laughs> oh, trust me. I got, I got plenty of watching of that. I know. <laughs> yeah, all, of su- all, these- all of a sudden I'm in the mood to buy a Porsche. <laughs> I don't know why it just happens. <laughs> hey, and guess what? You can, you know, in this business, like if that's what you chose, man, how'd you get, how'd you come up on um, a truck? Let's go through that process. Cause I think that's a, barrier that's a big barrier for a lot right and i think if it's not well thought out you end up in a market like a lot of folks from what i see or have been seeing 
they're coming in the market in the last year or two because of COVID. And also in the spot markets, like, you know, people are making a lot of money. They're balling out off the spot market, but they're not building relationships for lanes and, and people that they can work and solidly have a connection with. So now they're starting to feel the crunch. The spot market slips. They start not getting paid. All of a sudden, I'm seeing loads move for a buck a mile, or at least DAT saying, hey, some loads are moving for a buck a mile. And, uh, hey, that's the truth. <laughs> it is the truth. So, and they can't make those notes. You can't even afford gas at that, right? How are you going to yeah. pay the truck bill? How are you going to pay the insurance? How are you going to pay that? How are you going to pay for the home that you just bought and like provide that lifestyle that you're trying if they didn't plan accordingly and if they didn't save and if they didn't like properly set aside money for maintenance and repairs and like the time, like everything that goes into it, there's a lot to learn there. So I'm really curious about that for you, man. So for me, another shout out to Derek. He's the one that that uh, I bought his hey, truck. Shout, shout him out in his company too, because Derek's the one who connected us anyway. Uh, yeah, even though he didn't, he said his name's Trevor when I come on here, not to be. T- <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, we'll leave it anonymous. He's right, a Trevor. pretty private guy. I'm lucky that I'm even able to say Derek. <laughs> but uh, There's a lot of Derek's. We don't know. He likes to <laughs> stay low key. He, yeah. Uh, Good dude, man. Biggest heart from probably anybody I know. But he uh, he's seen the struggles that he went through when he came out of the port business and started becoming an owner-operator and uh, almost put him out of business with getting a bad truck. And so when I started talking to him, he's like, look, I got this truck. I could sell you. I'll give you a good deal on it. So you could, you know, it, it's a worker. It's 2003 Kenworth T600 it was. Had that Cat C15 6MZ single turbo, which is just, you know, a family heirloom engine. And uh, he's like, I'll give you a cheap price on this. He had a flatbed trailer, an extra one of those, because he had two. He sold me that for cheap. And uh, that, honestly, I I probably would have maybe been out of business the first six months of doing this had I went out and bought new, tried buying new equipment and put myself in these, like you said, big, hefty payments but I was able to get that and do some flat betting, and I just used the truck stop, which is now, uh, yeah, the truck stop app. You pay 160 bucks a month or 150, and it'll show you all the, you know, uh, average days to pay and uh, brokers' experience. So if they, you know, they're bad at paying people, they'll give them a low grade. Okay. And I just started going on there and bidding my work, and uh, I think my first month of running, I made like 20 grand. Nice. And But and I think that, you know, for folks that are listening, maybe they're company drivers still or, you know, whatever, just because he made 20 grand doesn't mean he made 20 grand. So like when you get when you get 20 grand, you know, like, okay, let's break that 20 grand down to what that means. And and you don't have to go like exact numbers, but you can give an idea of like, hey, I set this aside. I know this is coming. I know that I got to do this. I'm going to plan for that. What do you do? So I, 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 uh. I took enough out. So when I started my business, the first thing I'm going to tell any company driver that's thinking about going op- owner operator, it, it takes about a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand dollars to start. And, and what I mean by that, you don't need it cold hard cash, but you need some sort of avenue to that re- that that money, like a a second loan on your house, or you know, if you do have the cash, that because when you first start off, getting all your licenses, uh, getting your insurance. Um, buying your equipment and then you're going to want what i did is i took about ninety nine thousand dollar loan out on my house bought the equipment from Derek, paid for all of my my uh straps and all that equipment paid for my bach three and all the stuff that i needed to get started 
And then I made sure I had enough left in my nest egg in case I wasn't out there making enough money. I have money to, you know, do repairs or whatnot. And uh, yeah. with that 20000 I was playing because the lanes over here, like you said, on I-5, if you're over there, it's easy to grab something from Seattle to Tacoma that pays six to $750 and keep doing stuff like that and stick around. I Over here on the east side, though, not a lot of uh, loads yeah, coming out little, of here. It's a little tougher. You got to hit the egg or you got to hit to Idaho, end up with Boise a lot, trips that are back and forth from the middle of the state, or you're going all the way south. Like I, Idaho's a dead zone, Arizona too. And, yep. I, found, I found that I'd say probably 75% of the time I was driving back empty from Idaho because there just weren't any loads. Yeah. Uh, Montana's a dead zone coming out of there. Everything going into there pays really well. It's where, yeah. you know, it, it, it counteracts. Well, and I think that's something to bring up. I mean, you, people learn it, and you're going to learn it by default because you, you're going to be like, shit, I can't get nothing out. You have to almost factor that, like, okay, I'm going to get paid six, seven bucks a mile going in or whatever exactly. this looks like. But I, I either, A, need to find a parlay route to go elsewhere, or I need to know that when I come back, it's an empty or like whatever, like you just need to map and plan that out. Folks don't kind of realize that, I don't think. So really, you're not getting $7 on that trip per mile. Exactly. Right? And, a, and a mistake you know? a lot of drivers will make is they're like, well, you know, I'm not going to drive empty. I'm not going to deadhead that many miles. I'm going to sit yeah. here until I find a load. Well, now you sat there two, three days until you found something that just pays for your fuel to get yeah. back. And you missed out on three days of revenue over in a hot zone. To yeah. where I was finding it was easier for me to drive to Portland or or something like that empty and then just pick up another better paying load there. You make it up on the back end. Okay. See, and I like that. That's what we're thinking a little bit there, man. It well, really he, is. So, I, go ahead, Tom. brought up his resourcefulness, man. He keeps talking about how he's been able to find ways through all of these obstacles that are coming up in front of him from the funding through the programs, you know, moving and taking a load on his house, yeah. finding a good deal on truck, planning ahead with the loan, having that nest egg being willing to take a hit to go find something better. I mean, uh, being able to be nimble like that is a wonderful trait. I see a lot of new um, business owners that I work with uh, tend to be a little bit more headstrong, especially the older guys that have been in the industry for a long time. They're unwilling to kind of make those sacrifices to be able to say, expand their radius to find those loads. They're going to pay them more there and back rather than just stick into that little area. So, you yeah. know, I think it's really awesome that you're being able to find all of these solutions and i hope that more people can follow suit and, and find the same solutions that you have yeah. because the rates like you said montana and idaho not helping people and we all need stuff they all need stuff and it's weird that it just doesn't work from there so yeah hopefully people can follow suit that's awesome oh i think and i think they will i think the i'd like to attribute a lot of that to like i got them this gangster price on insurance so that like kept them <laughs> yeah. here for hey, no, that, 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 that's no joke and uh <laughs> The, the 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 one guy I referred to you, I met him. I sold. I actually sold my flatbed. So what I'm what I'm currently doing right now. One thing I'd always tell drivers: adapt to your location. Find out what product is moving from where you're at and what you're trying to do. I'm not going to be going cross country. I'm, I'm sticking Oregon, Idaho, Washington because I have a ten year old daughter and a five year old daughter, and I want to be there for their dance recitals. And, and their school programs and that type of stuff. Now I'll miss one here and there. I, I still sleep on my truck doing that, but I ain't gone for weeks at a time. You know, I, I'm home most of the week. I'm home every weekend. So I, yeah. I don't work weekends. And I think that's something to be, um, 
highlighted because a lot of folks get that mindset of, hey, if I'm a trucker, I'm gone. And and, the, and there are folks that are, and there are lanes and jobs and things that you're going to do where, yeah, you're gone three, four weeks, maybe come back a week, then you're gone again. But if you're in control of your own destiny here, you got your own truck, you got the right connections, you're doing the right thing. You're now kind of dictating and setting that schedule. I mean, that, that's awesome. I love that. And I've got two girls, um, as I mentioned on this show before, 10 and seven. And I coach the seven-year-old soccer and like all, you know what I mean? So I try to be there the same. Uh, and fortunately, I'm in a position that allows me to do that with technology and stuff. I mean, yeah. it, it's great. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What's, um, what was one of the biggest, let's say, mistakes or failures that you experienced or went through early on that that had someone told you or like, man, that, that was just something I didn't see coming or what? Like, what was a big failure that you had? As an owner operator? Yep. Or uh, even, in the pro- even in the setup, at any point kind of taking this journey to become the owner operator, there had to be some failure or setback somewhere, right? No, to be honest with you, any any sort of failure setback I've had, you know, it's just turned into motivation. I haven't really had no no setbacks. I've been lucky. No joke. I've been lucky enough to where every move I've made has been forward. I just got that mindset to where I'm not going to be stagnant, and I I refuse to take steps backwards. Uh, So I'll I'll give a small example. I guess when I when I got bought out with FSA from U.S. Foods. Uh, the pay was the same and it was just as good over there. And I went, I mean, when COVID first hit, I went through the grinder. I was, I was out there working when they had people, uh, sitting at home collecting unemployment and, uh, making more money than me on the unemployment than I was working. But I I wanted my daughters to see, Hey, you don't take the free handout. You you go out there and work. And so I worked and I worked through the whole pandemic. I was going to hospitals, retirement homes, prisons, when all this shit was just widespread and and going crazy. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say it straight out. U S food shit on me and, and the other guys out of our yard, uh, because we were the FSA guys coming over and we were in what I called purgatory because we didn't move into the Fife branch and they were waiting to settle us. And so we were getting all our stuff from Woodburn and the Woodburn drivers down there and warehouse workers were upset because we made a lot more than them. So we would get bad loads and bad trailers. And then our, uh, our actual loads were constantly changing on who we were delivering to Fife slowly took our work and eventually, uh, for my daughter's and, and family's sake, I decided to move to Tri-Cities uh, for medical reasons and just the fact that the weather was better over here. Tried doing a transfer within the same union from Olympia to Yakima, and uh, there was plenty of positions open, and they were all for it. And then when it actually came down to it, Woodburn dragged their feet and kind of blackballed me because they were mad. They, they didn't want drivers leaving their area and they had a little bit of a vendetta against me so they they kind of dragged their feet on that well eventually i uh i moved on got a job with harbor food service which was the old fsx when the sale happened they had to sell it to two different companies so it wasn't a monopoly and they had opened up over here and uh so i got a job with them and any driver out there looking to get in the union uh, Harbor Food Service is who I would recommend over U.S. Food. Cisco never ever worked for them, but went to work for them and uh, just 
couldn't keep up with that commute to do a night job. Wanted to, you know, be able to help my wife with my daughter with her her counseling sessions. And eventually I left that and I was pretty much forced to go. But U.S. Foods hired me back, but in Tri-Cities. And that's what I think they wanted the whole time because they were so in need of drivers down here. Well, I took that job and took a 33% pay cut across the board of what I was making on the other side of the mountains. My medical plan went from the A plan to the Z plan. And that's, that's when I decided to go owner operator. That's, that was probably if I was going to have a hurdle, I'd call that it. But, uh, I was like, F that, you know, I'm not going to do with my experience what I do for that much less. I mean, that was less than I made when I first started this. And so I, I talked to Derek, bought his truck and trailer. It's like, all right, I'm gonna be my own boss now. (laughs) Yep. Well, and I love that mindset and it is a mindset. It's all about mindset. Right. And like Mm -hmm. obstacle is the way. Thomas knows. I mean, he's been around me a long time and I, I kind of <laughs> same deal. Like something comes up, I see it as a motivation and opportunity and like it pushes me to get better. Right. It, it, and I just kind of buckle down and grind a little bit more on that. So yeah, man, that's awesome. just a learning I, I, opportunity, right? That's the yeah, truth. Exactly. You that's fail, fail forward. I, I yeah. think it's kind of the common phrase there. So yeah. And right, and right now, like uh, we were talking about the business and stuff. Whenever you start a company as an owner operator, like a single truck like mine, you're usually net red your first year or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm definitely net red right now. I mean, I, I've had money. I've been able to pay my mortgage and pay myself. Uh, but I mean, technically, I gave myself a $76,000 loan or, or contribution. I think my tax lady said it's a, a owner contribution is the way she decided to have it worded. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And and so I think that's actually something to mention too. So you did get a tax uh, expert, if you oh, yeah. will, and set it up. How'd you set up your company? And like, were you told this? Did you research this? Because I think that's a big thing. Sole prop, LLC, incorporate, S corp, whatever. There's a bunch of options. Folks don't know, right? So what'd you do? And and not that that's the gospel, but I, I'm curious about that. Well, uh, again, Derek held my hand on this one and let me know that, you know, LLC is the way to go because you don't want to tie anything personal within business. If you get in a wreck in your truck and you don't have enough to cover everything, you don't want them going after your house and your Mm -hmm. personal uh, stuff. So uh, LLC was what I got my company labeled under. At the end of the year, I I actually have a meeting with my tax lady in October and... uh, she's going to let me know, you know, at the end of the year, what to kind of file tax wise. Cause from what I'm hearing your first year or two, they, they might want you to file for your personal and your business tax wise. They might file you as like a, a S corp or, or something like that. But for me, definitely LLC to keep things yeah. separated. And you don't, you don't go mixing your, your biz. Don't, don't go buy yourself a pair of shoes with your business card. Cause once you start mixing your personal with your business, the LLC is out the window. Yep. I think that that's smart. And I think, uh, and you can set up and structure as an LLC and I know still get taxed as an S corp and all of that just depends on how you're taking money out of the business and, and like what that stuff is. So I recommend talk to a, a CPA, somebody that's versed, um, specifically trucking would be great. That's only because they understand the flow of cash and how trucking works, but more important is like business, right. On how to get you more money back and how to, um, 
you know, if you got stuff to write off, like you're, you're self-employed, you can write off your health insurance and anything that surrounds the health insurance, as long as you're buying, like, there's a bunch of things, but we'll, we'll go into that down the road. Um, what has been, I mean, aside from the freedom, creating your own schedule, uh, being there for your daughters, like what was one of the things when you became an owner op that was just like an aha moment for you? And like, I'm guessing you'll never go back, right? <laughs> you're going to just keep Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Things, uh, you know, I've always wanted to own my own truck, my own business. And uh, I'll tell you the aha for me was, uh, shoot, three months in, uh, I've, I've probably had two and a half months worth of vacations already. Three months in, I, I, I took a vacation that was two weeks long and, and rode my motorcycle with a buddy uh, down the coast. And uh, awesome. yeah, that was that was awesome. Made made sure that we looked at some trucks and trailers along the way. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's a business trip. Yes, sir. Exactly. <laughs> always, always. Yes, sir. But That's the fact that I was actually like in the market life. for a truck made it legit. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's a lifestyle, right? Yep. Oh, it's definitely a lifestyle. Uh, yeah. But the freedom to be able to take this week off to help the wife get the kids st- when school starts or if there's a medical, you know, just being able to without, because when I was in the union, it was seniority. You had to get the okay or the permission or you had so many personal holidays or so much sick leave. Now, you know, you're your own boss. You need the time off. You look in the mirror and say, hey, can I get a, <laughs> yeah. can I get a day off? Yeah. Who's been, um, aside from Derek, because obviously he's going to get royalties from this thing, it sounds like, but uh, (laughs) what's either been a resource, um, a product, a service, um, another (laughs) professional that you've worked with that's like been a good resource for you or somebody like, like, man, that's a valuable asset for a new business. Because I think that's it, too. And this, the, what we kind of started this podcast for was like, hey, let's figure out a way to get back to the trucking community in any way we can. Like, um, and, and we're trying to feature, highlight, bring on guests or folks or services that are truly like helping the trucking community. Um, so so what somebody or someone or some product or something that you think like, hey, if, if you're new, this is what you need to check out. Uh, so I would say as far as people uh don't be shy don't don't sit in your truck when you get to a truck stop and, and just turn on your tv go out and talk to other drivers man I, i'm a people person i'm a talk i'm gonna ask regardless of what their views are if they're not my views i'm gonna still listen and pick things out of that conversation that i could use to help me and uh talk talk to other drivers man talk to them even if you look stupid you know you're not going to look as stupid as you, you do if you're wrecked on the side of the road for not knowing that stuff. Uh, yeah. So that's always helped a lot. But uh, one thing I like to do is once you get your MC number and your authority, you start getting emails and phone calls from all these companies saying, hey, you need to file this, this, and this. And so what I did is, I mean, Derek told me, hey, don't don't pay those guys. You can do this on, <laughs> on your he, – he, really, he's like, you can do this on your own. And, and it makes your head spin. And there's like the guy I referred you to that bought my flatbed. He's paying a lady – to set all his stuff up. But we are talking about how there's, there's an avenue for that. And there is, you know, had I not known Derek, I would have happily paid whatever to get all this stuff lined up. Cause most drivers, they just want to drive and worry about their loads. You know what I mean? They don't want to have to worry about all that other stuff. And there's, there's plenty of, if if it helps you, I ain't going to say it's a waste of money. If it helps you keep moving forward. But for me, 
I just let them send me the alerts and I would go back and double check to see if they were just trying to money gouge me and, and get me to be a customer or if those things weren't properly filed. And I'll give you the latest uh, instance was uh, my, uh, what was it? I think it was my 2290. I got an alert saying, and I just registered this back in March and uh, they were saying, hey, you need to register again. Your DOT number ends with a nine. So September is your month. And I was like, oh, I didn't think I had to register this for another two years. And come to find out they were right. It was only good for March to September. Now, I didn't pay them the $200 to do it because you go online and do it for free. So, yeah. but and you just, and, and, and I guess just for, for layman's terms, just walk through that process, FMCSA, you know, doc, like you logged in, you did your MCS 150 form, updated it, or what'd you do? Uh, just a, just a, what was it called? Yeah, it was an update. Okay. It, it was a two-year update, so now I'll be good for until 20. Yep, yeah, the yeah. biannual. Yep. Yeah, and, then, and, there, and there's there's tools, and, and you're right. Uh, we get access to that too. And it's something that we actually will try to help clients with. If, if like when we're reviewing or looking at things or reviewing the out of service or looking at the FMCSA um, side of things, if we notice that that's something that we'd bring up and say, Hey, you need to go update this, you know, or, and, and it's easy. Like, Hey, you just basically update this form. You sign it, you basically fax it in or emailed, or you can do it on your own portal, whatever. Like it, it's not hard to do, but a lot of folks, you're right. Get inundated, forget about it. They don't have reminders or, or whatever, and they're just operating their business. And next thing you know, the negative on that is if you do let that stuff go and you don't do the biannuals and you don't do certain things, you can get popped for out of service. And there's fines that get associated with some of those things. So you'll get popped by DOT and and depending on what it is, like you can get fined for it. So well, not, so not just that, but once on you do start getting popped, you, you're going to not, when, when you go to give your uh, MC or DOT number to get a load, they're going to go and look at your score and be like, oh, well, we can't use you because your score is too low. Yep. So you, you'll, See, you'll you're close already, the door on loads. Yeah, You're already learning, man. That's something that I try to educate folks on is like, hey, the safety score, this FMCSA score, these out of service, all this stuff matters. You might think it's small. You might think it's little or people start hiring drivers that don't care and they're not doing the pre-trip and they're not taking pride. It's like, dude, that that will screw up your DOT. And you're right. These brokers and stuff look at that because you think of it from their terms. Hey, I've got this $200,000 you know, value load and here's the pay on it and stuff moving from here to here. I need it to get there. I've got four companies and these two look good, but one of them has a little bit better out of service. Well, the chances are this company is going to get it there and more reliably get it there. So they're not yep. going to use this company or they won't. The other thing is they won't pay as well either. Like if you got bad numbers and stuff, they know you like, like we'll, we'll give it to you for this and you're going to end up taking a cut rate on it too. Right. Yep. So, yep. I mean, there's a bunch of things that snowball out of that. It's crazy. You just got to keep your stuff. Like I keep, I just keep a list with my stuff written down. What I got to, you know, update when i gotta update it and stay on top of it if that if that's something that's a struggle though like i said you can pay somebody you can find a company to pay to do that real quick though on the the tax part uh carrie simmons sna financials uh out of puyallup washington if any truck driver out here in washington's looking for a good tax company they specialize owner operator truck drivers and trucking companies That's awesome. Well, I think too, Justin, let's connect with Carrie and I, I'd love to have her on and chat. I mean, cause 
anything or any um, resources or education she gives, I think would be good. But I think it's good PR for her. I think I'm still a. I don't think she needs the PR to be honest. I'm still working on meeting her. I haven't met her myself yet. (laughs) (laughs) She. she, You get that. You let me know. (laughs) She's super busy. I'm meeting her for my first time in October to go over over strategy for taxes, but. Uh, they've been great so far. Uh, she has multiple people that work in the office under her. They set up your uh, QuickBooks through them that's attached to your account. So anytime I've had a problem with my QuickBooks, like, hey, it's showing I made 80000 and I've only made twenty. Why is it, you know, they went in and fixed it for me. And uh, they've just been great through the whole process. Yeah. As far as insurance goes, your program through Great West, man, that's been a lifesaver because – Everything I was told is I was looking at paying $1,500 a month as a new owner-operator through probably mm. Progressive. And that yeah. program that Great West has, man, that, that's been a lifesaver. I'm glad you ended up connecting with me. And uh, we try to do more than just obviously provide like the insurance piece, but like guidance and all that kind of stuff. I know you and I chat. Yep. Yep. Uh, I try to chat with clients quite a bit. Same with Thomas. So I think that now I appreciate that shout out, man, for sure. Uh, and, yeah, let's connect with the tax person, though. I really do think that. <laughs> I'll, hey, I'll, I'll try, yeah. man, but don't don't yeah. hold your I, fingers. I uh, another thing is, too, I use a, you, you got to have a drug program, you know, as an owner-operator, yeah. a third-party New Era drug program. That I think they're out of California. Uh, they're great, you know. Uh, make sure you, that you register with the clearinghouse separate as a driver and as an owner-operator, and then do a query on yourself. And uh, register them. And w- once you're registered with them, put them on there as your your third party consensuous for your your drug tests and whatnot. But you, yep. that's that's a big one too. That'll put you out of service. Mm. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean, it's not new because it's passed. It passed a while back, but yeah. it, it's something that the old timers or folks just overlook. You know, the clearinghouse is a big deal. It's funny. I saw the stat. It's like. You know, we're out or short 70, 80,000 drivers, yet clearinghouse put down and like, like sideline like 70,000 drivers from the drug violations and things that they're just not working to get back into the trucks and stuff. But that's a different topic I do want to dive into. And uh, Justin had asked permission to kind of shed some light and talk about um, drug related things coming up, you know, fentanyl and some of this kind of stuff, which I think is creeping over. I mean, every avenue, every society, every layer of society, people are starting to get impacted. So Justin, you, you know, feel free to share what you wanted to talk about. So, uh, I just wanted to, to share, share my friend's story. Uh, good friend, brother of mine, Todd and his wife, Leah lost their daughter, Alyssa Renee Rith, uh, on, July 8th, 2021, and uh, she was 20 years old, had her life ahead of her, beautiful young lady, you know, was getting ready to go to college, and uh, she took one pill, it was a Xanax, that was a street Xanax that her friend had given her, she wasn't a drug addict, she's, you know, just experimenting a little bit, and uh, I don't know about you, but in my youth, I experimented, and that's just something you can't do nowadays, because this fentanyl it's uh it's bad man it's it's a pandemic and and it's been ignored long enough but the stuff the shit's getting pushed through china made first it was getting made in china pushed into mexico and coming up through mexico now uh they got hit so hard they're just pretty much creating the ingredients to make the fentanyl then selling it to the uh the drug cartels and they're creating the fentanyl and uh they're making this stuff to look like candy they're targeting our youth on purpose and uh 
making the synthetic pills. They're, they're, they're mixing it in heroin, cocaine, any way they can, uh, hoping for our youth to overdose. And, and it's just, it's gotten out of hand. And I know a lot of us truck drivers, a, a lot of guys don't have the, the, same type of trucking I do that keep them home a lot, but they're gone on the road a lot. And the one thing that we do this for, it's for our kids. It's for our family. And, uh, I urge drivers to talk to their kids, especially the teenage ones, uh, even your younger ones and just, you know, make them aware of this fentanyl, research it, learn it and, and teach them about it. And the amount of overdoses that are out there, you know, of course you always preach, don't do drugs, but before it was just for the side effects of that drug. Now that it's getting mixed and laced with this, you can't afford you can't afford to experiment. All it takes is one pill. And yeah. uh, now these good friends of mine. I mean, I lost a brother when I was young, and I seen what my mom went through losing a kid, and that's every parent's worst nightmare. And so you know, I can only imagine what these two are going to have to go through for the rest of their lives, pretending that they're happy and enjoying life when deep down inside they're not. And well, I, and like I, you said, she didn't experiment. I, you kind of shed a little light prior to like this was because she was taking a flight, right, or something. No, no, had, the, like, they action. were they were coming in on a flight, and she oh, was okay. going to be picking them up. Uh, okay. okay, and, and so okay. this was earlier in the day, and uh, they had taken their their connected flight, and, and <laughs> it still makes me tear up a little bit when they touched down. Instead of coming off to seeing their daughter picking them up, they came off to a million phone calls from family friends you know uh medical people saying that she had she had it's died a, yeah and it's scary thomas has kids you have kids i have kids and that's like my biggest fear too and you're right like kids are going to experiment people are going to do things you know they're going to do now it's like man the safe drug your gateway drug marijuana right like it's well at least you know what it's it alcohol. is uh, alcohol, alcohol thank you yeah alcohol is a bad deal too though a lot of people die from alcohol man Al- alcohol not- for me it, like i said i mean I, I told you i got in trouble for the marijuana but for yeah. me it's it's the true gateway drug uh mm-hmm. first thing i ever did was drink you know and, and as a truck driver if i if I, I have a stressful week and i come home i can't go out to my garage and hit a joint i would like to because that joint i'm gonna get high i'm not gonna you know, have any sort of uh, hangover, it, it's mm-hmm. not going to affect me, but I'm not able to. So, I mean, I'm drink. almost forced to drink or just suck it up. And, you know, of course, yeah. I just suck it up because I refuse to drink. Yeah. Well, you're, you got no, more self control than a lot of people. And uh, honestly, though, that fentanyl stuff is like, like you said earlier, Cam, it's affecting a lot of people and, and getting into every uh, facet of life. My brother um, has been going through problems with oxys and fentanyl use for years now and he's currently in rehab again and trying to find his way out and it's watching my parents go through that conversation of what he's been doing how he's been using why his intentions to use it were and how that spiral can get for you know he's a user he wasn't just experimenting so very different story but uh you know watching them just break down over just the thought of losing i can't even imagine you know, what your friends felt, your brother felt, or what we would feel with our kids going through that stuff. So I think that awareness is definitely something that we need to push amongst all the youth. It's, it's, I agree. Just terrible what's going on. With I, th- I think the awareness, I, my, uh, we just watched some, uh, is a series like docuseries, but there's actors and stuff was like dope sick. I don't know if anyone's seen that. 
it goes through the opioid uh, so check that out dope sick it was a good one it goes through the opioid crisis and like but it was like thought out though man it's crazy because like they targeted the areas that had minors and like high uh, levels of like for prone on injuries and things like that that they Mm -hmm. need pain management they need all this kind of stuff that's not a good way to do it, but at least it's not a street drug with the opportunity to get fentanyl, you know, and, and there's too many stories. I just heard one. It was a 30 young, 30 year old professional on a conference, wife, uh, kid, wife's pregnant out one night goes out. They decide to experiment. I think it was probably cocaine or something. I, I don't know exactly, but I think that's what it was, was laced with fentanyl. That dude never answered the door again in his hotel. They came in, they busted in after two days. He's on the floor, you know, yeah. one time and, 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 you know, he's innocent. Like he's like, obviously he went out, he was having a good time and did the stuff, but he didn't do that thinking like, here's the repercussions or the consequence or the possible consequence. Like I'm not going to go home and see my family because of one night, you know? Yeah. Well, I agree, man. It's a, it, it only it's takes a a, that fentanyl, man. They created it to be like a, a, a super painkiller for someone that comes in with gunshot wounds or, or you know, mm-hmm. in, in a car accident, like a morphine. And, and now now it's being mass produced and shoved into everything. And it, it yeah. only takes a little bit. It only takes a little bit, man. It's scary. Yeah. No, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's uh, – I think it's something that needs to be raised. Awareness mm-hmm. needs to be raised around that. And our youth need to be educated. And the more education, the better. My mom was that way. She talked to me about, hey, you're going to do stuff or you're going to do this. I know you're going to go out and party. Call me. Don't ever drive. Don't ever get in the car. with like. I don't care where it's at, what time, what. I don't care. Just call me. Um, and I don't know if I ever actually executed the phone call, but I knew like, okay, I have this in my pocket. Cause she talked to me. It wasn't like don't drink and blacklisted and made me want to go do it, but it was, it was talked about. Right. So yep. I have the other thing too, I was going to say with this stuff and it's, it's not just being taken, be careful. Uh, I, I've, I was reading about a, a guy that picked up a dollar bill and they had put fentanyl on that dollar bill. And he, he, from picking that up, he ended up ingesting it and, uh, got sick. Didn't kill him, but I mean, they're out there. They're out there putting this shit on money, just leaving it on the ground for people because they know somebody's going to pick up that dollar. Weird. That's strange. Crazy. That's wild, man. Yeah. Um, man, thank you so much for uh, hopping in. I, I, man, there's yeah, so much value that you brought, and I, and no doubt, I mean, this has to help some people. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that everyone will share this episode, share it with folks that are thinking about getting into trucking or or, or employees that want to go out and you know start their own thing and stuff like that, man. I think there's a lot of good, good information packed into this episode, Justin. And I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to join us today, man. Yeah, of Likewise. course, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah man. It's been a wonderful um, is there any, uh, what, what's on your horizon? Are you going to just kind of stay owner op? Do you plan on scaling at any point or, no, or like, what no. do you think? I'm staying no. owner op one truck, <laughs> man. I don't want to deal with the headache of, Finding loads for these guys, these guys waking up, not feeling like working that day, uh, yeah, not yeah. being a good driver, wrecking my shit. <laughs> but I actually, uh, I, I like for my, my zone over here, I found a gig where I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be doing power only, pulling their, their reefer trailers for Cool Mountain Transport. And uh, that's what I'm going to focus on doing now for the next couple months to see how that goes. Uh, I talked to for people out there looking for a company that just own a truck and they're looking to power only Fairchild's not a bad gig either. I didn't go with it just because uh, 
I didn't want to give up my authority. I already had my authority. But if you're starting out, you don't mind running under someone's authority using their insurance. Uh, Fairchild uh, has a program to where if you're dedicated out of Grandview, Washington, doing their Walmart loads, you get free fuel. You go every time you go to that location in Grandview, your your fuel's free. Now for me, uh, I'm you know I'm not stupid, so when they said that is a big perk, and they thought that that was going to be you just reel me in. I was like, well, that's a tax, that's a business expense, that's a tax deduction. So I don't I don't care about your free fuel. Yeah, <laughs> you're saving yeah, the iron. You're saving you. Get, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to give the IRS more money instead of the fuel company. That's what that tells me. Uh, but you funny. know. there's options Uh, there is there's a lot of options research do your own thing but be smart about it man i hell yeah dude i appreciate your time i think that's awesome so um if anyone wants to reach out or has questions like are you on linkedin or facebook or anything like i'm on 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 facebook uh it's a it's a pretty i i keep it private because you never know who's out there uh, and I'll tell you what, if anyone wants to connect with him, uh, just holler at me and, and yeah. I'll make the connection if you're legit. So if you're uh, not watching Jeffrey Dahmer episodes and stuff and just sitting there <laughs> wanting to talk to Justin or something like that. So be all right. Uh, okay. Another thing I wanted to say to drivers, get his, open up as many avenues as you can. Get your Twit card. Get your Twit card in case you want to go do port work. You find a company that has port work. Uh, or Because there's a lot of loads that I found on, on the uh, load boards that you needed to have your Twit card. And uh, I had mine, had let it, from doing the port containers, let it expire because I was like, I'm not going to need this anymore working for the union. And I just recently got it back uh, because I seen that there were loads coming out of the port areas, Vancouver, Portland, Tacoma, Seattle, uh, for the Northwest area. Open up as many avenues and, and keep your mind open. You know, don't be too good for anything. I like it. I think that's yeah, good I advice. Like that. I liked it a lot. Cool. Thank you, Thomas. Justin, yeah, yeah. thank you. Very, well, it was very nice much, meeting man. you, Thomas. Man, you too, Justin. Great. So, yeah, podcast will be released. It'll be on uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, all, all the different platforms. You can follow Get a Load of This on LinkedIn. We got a Facebook group, too, where we try to put people together in different trucking and platforms and stuff. So the Facebook group's there. Um, and, yeah, man, thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one, y'all. You too.